Hey, everybody. You're listening to the Legacy Church Podcast. Legacy Church is a multi-generational church that exists to worship God, become like Jesus, and bring hope to our community. Today, we're sharing a message from our current series. We believe that the Word of God is powerful and has real-life application to our lives today. We hope that this message encourages you. Get connected and learn more about us by visiting our website at lgcy.church. Good morning, family. Thank you, band. Thank you, Taylor. We've got a little bit of a different setup today. Kids, if you are over five years old, six and up, you're in with us today. Everybody else, you are free to go to our nursery. Today we're going to be talking about the overflow of anointing. If you weren't here the last few weeks, Pastor Matt shared with us our word for 2024, and that is overflow. And... A lot of us love the idea of overflow. Thank you. We want overflow in our bank accounts. Am I right? We want overflow in a lot of ways. But let me ask you something. Do you want an overflow of the anointing in your life? Overflow isn't just about physical things. It's about spiritual things. And if you and I don't walk in the overflow of the anointing, let me tell you something. Everything else in your life could be bursting at the seams and you're going to be missing something. Luke 4, chapters 1 through 19, before this text, Jesus gets led out into the wilderness And he's tempted for 40 days. He's fasting. He doesn't eat or drink anything. And the devil comes and he tempts him and he says he offers him this and he offers him that. And we're picking it up at verse 13. And it says, when the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. Do you think testing only happens once in your life? He left him until the next opportunity came. And then it says this. We're going to hone on this. Then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Wait a minute. Wasn't Jesus God? Why did he need to return filled with the Holy Spirit's power? Let me tell you something. 2023 was a year of testing. It was a wilderness year. It was a, I'm not quite sure what's going on right now. But it says that Jesus left the time of testing filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the purpose of testing. This is the purpose of the wilderness. This is the purpose of trial. Is that you and I would walk out filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay. It says reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. The reason why we need to walk in the overflow of the anointing is because when we do, that begins to happen. Jesus said, I am anointed And as a result of this anointing, 
The good news is going to be preached to those who need to hear it. People are going to be set free. People are going to be healed. The oppressed are going to be released. And the kingdom of heaven is going to arrive on earth. The reason you and I need to walk in the overflow of the anointing is because this is what's supposed to be happening in our world. Whatever environment you're in, when you're walking in the overflow in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the good news should be being preached. People should be being set free. Blind eyes should be opened. People who are oppressed should be released. And the kingdom of heaven should come anywhere that you go. We've got this weird thing in the church where we've reserved the anointing for the person on stage. Oh, well, I'm not anointed. I'm not a worship leader. Oh, I'm not anointed. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a preacher. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is for every single believer. Every single believer is anointed. Every single one. And every single one of us is called to be like Jesus. Our business, our school, our home, our neighborhoods. Are you walking in the anointing or are you walking in your flesh? The way I picture it's kind of like a jacket. I've got my anointing jacket on when I come into church. I put on my anointing jacket. I sing the songs. I declare the word of God. I'm nice to everybody. And then when I go into my job, I take the jacket off because I don't really want people to know about that. I walk into my school and I try and fit in with everybody and I take my anointing jacket off. Or I walk into my neighbor's house and, you know, Nobody likes Christians nowadays, so I don't really want anybody to know about that. And we take off. Now, the Holy Spirit's always inside of you, but let me tell you something. We can silence him. And if you're afraid, and you want to be liked, and you want to be accepted by everybody, and you feel like, you know what, I'm going to save the anointing for somebody else... You can silence him. He can be talking and talking and I need reach out to that person. Say this to that person. Do this. And you cannot listen. Did you know that? You cannot listen. And you can choose to not walk in the God life that is on the inside of you. It happens every single day. When you go to work, do you leave the anointing at the door? Or are you tuning into the Spirit of God on the inside of you and letting His presence flow out of you? Are you silencing Him because you're afraid? John 3.30 says this, He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. He has come from above and is greater than anyone else, We are of the earth and we speak of earthly things, but he has come from heaven and is greater than anyone else. He testifies about what he has seen and heard, but how few believe what he tells them. Anyone who accepts his testimony can affirm that God is true, for he is sent by God. And listen to this. He speaks God's words, for God gives him his spirit without limit. Jesus was given God's spirit Without limit. You and I, as we're going to read in a bit, were given the same spirit as Jesus Christ. Which means you and I have been given the spirit without limit. The only limit on the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is you. Your willingness to have less of you and more of him. We are in a culture that is literally obsessed with itself. There's 800 million personality tests and this and that. And we just were on this endless discovery to figure out who we are. And the gospel's like, no, nah, no, nah, less of you and more of me. 
die to your flesh. Follow me as I follow Christ. Oh, we're getting all the shouts today. It's going to be a great day in God's house. Hallelujah. I'm here. I'm excited because I want the power of God in my life. Ain't nobody looking at you being afraid and terrified like everybody else and seeing the power of God in your life. When the anointing of Jesus Christ goes into a place, the results should be tangible. Jesus said, God has anointed me, and as a result, the good news is being preached. People are hearing the gospel. People are being set free. How? Romans 8. I'm going to read a lot of scripture today. Romans 8. Pastor Paul is going to speak to us today. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So, letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in him do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. This is scripture. This is in my opinion. You are under no obligation to listen to your flesh. Paul says, for if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So, if you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves... Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Other translations say we are co-heirs with Christ. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. So this is basically telling us that every single one of us has been given the spirit of Jesus on the inside of us. But Paul wouldn't say you have to choose to walk in it if you didn't have to make a choice. See, a lot of us want the Holy Spirit to come and like possess us and make us just like a bunch of puppets. Just like take over my mind and my body and my will and just talk through me. Like, no, you actually have to choose. Paul said, you have no obligation to your flesh, so stop choosing that. You know, there's that voice in your head that we listen to that's like, you know, you just really need those cookies right now. You need them now. Okay, I hear it every day. I just need something sweet. I just need 
And there we go. And we just go into the kitchen and rummage around and find something. And we just eat it. We just do it. Imagine if we took like that level of commitment and obedience and did what the Holy Spirit told us to do. Imagine that. Imagine a world where you and I, with the same drive and passion and excitement, obeyed the Holy Spirit like we love to follow our flesh. I don't know if you know this, but in Christ Jesus, you are made a new creation. I was talking about this yesterday to some of the girls. We went away on a little getaway. Your personality, your weaknesses, your this, your that, you realize none of that matters when you meet Jesus. You become a new creation. You are born again into his family. And in Romans 8, there's three steps here. Paul says, not only are you children of God, that's the first step. Okay, we all like that step. We can all accept we're children of God. We're his sons, we're his daughters. But it doesn't end there. It says we're actually heirs to his kingdom. Now, if you were an heir to some sort of kingdom, how much of your life would change? Have you ever seen Princess Diaries? Is that just my childhood? This little high school girl finds out that she's the heir to the throne in some kingdom in Europe. And her entire life changes. Okay? You and I are heirs to a kingdom. So why are we living so beneath on a regular basis? Not only that, this says that we are co-heirs with Jesus Christ. Co-heirs with Jesus Christ, which means everything that belongs to him belongs to me. Everything that's his is mine. Some people are like, wow, that's a little arrogant. See, that's the problem. That's just the enemy just loves to keep Christians in poverty, feeling like they got nothing, they are nothing, they're going nowhere. That's, that's the ultimate trick. Get you to not realize who you are in Christ. Get you to live like a fearful slave when you've been made a co-heir with Christ. The Bible says you are called a more than conqueror. You are victorious. You are above. And yet, many, many times in our everyday life, we don't walk in the anointing of Jesus. We walk in our flesh. We walk in the way we were raised. We walk in whatever's happening in the world around us, whatever's trendy, whatever's cool, whatever language. And the reality is, is if I'm like Jesus and I've been given everything he's been given, everywhere I go, things should change. Everywhere I go, things should change. When I walk in, it's all over. That's how you take territory for the kingdom of God. No, I'm just going to come in. I'm just, I don't want to start. I don't want to cause a ruckus. I've been watching The Chosen. I went to see it in the theaters. And I've been watching it with the kids. And I laugh so hard because everywhere Jesus goes, he causes a ruckus. Everywhere he goes. And no matter how hard they try to like keep it all under wraps, they just can't do it. That's what the followers of Jesus Christ should be doing. Everywhere you go causes a ruckus. I'll give you an example. I've lived this way and chosen not to live this way at many points in my life, but I'll give you a positive example. Some of you may or may not know, but about five years ago, I joined this gym, downtown Hamilton, grungy, dirty old gym. 
not a nice, fancy, good life. And I walk in and the music that's playing. Now, I love hip hop. I love a good beat. But some of the hip hop that is out there, like the lyrics are so terrible and such trash that it like hurts my heart to listen to it. So I walk into this place and just the most vile music is playing. And I start training with the owner, him and his uh, partner own the space. And I start getting to know them. And she is like anti-Christ, anti-Jesus, like to the point where we would be having conversations and she'd be over here and she'd come over and be like, can we please leave Jesus out of this? Like, why do we need to talk about him? Why do you need to bring that up? And I had a choice in that moment. I had a choice. And I was like, ooh, they don't want me here. They, they clearly aren't interested in who I am and how I live my life. And the Lord spoke to me in that moment and he said, you're here for my purposes. He said, this is your mission field. And I was like, okay, starting off on a great foot, you know, <laughs> starting off being told to be quiet about Jesus. And you know what I did? I just kept going. And uh, every time I went in there, I would pray before and I would be like, Lord, come with me. You're coming with me in this place. And I had to remind myself of this, like everywhere I walk, things should change. Five years later, okay, lots has happened in between. Sometimes if you walk into the gym, there's like Bethel worship playing on the speakers. Okay, I'm not exaggerating. Both the owners who were dead set against getting married because they didn't believe in marriage are married with two children They've both been to church numerous times. The husband came to me three months ago, said he was ready to start reading the Bible. And I got him a Bible and he started reading his word. His wife, who was the one yelling at me about Jesus, she's a musical artist as well. Her most popular song on Spotify is called Dear Jesus. And it's a prayer that she wrote. Yes. All the time. But guess what? You got to let him out. I don't know if that would have happened if I didn't continue to be obedient and go and just be bold about my faith. And when she would tell me things, say horrible things about Jesus, I would be like, that's not my Jesus. That's not the God I serve. And I just began to start speaking truth. If you and I would start to live like everywhere I go changes. Everywhere I go, the good news will be preached. People will be set free. The blind will see. The oppressed will be released. And the kingdom of God will be built. There are people that have come to our church from that gym and gotten saved and died within six months. I'm telling you, that place as a mission field, you don't know. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. You just got to be obedient. You got to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. You got to realize that every single, the same anointing, the same power that Jesus had, it's literally inside of you. It's inside of you. What else does this look like? Acts chapter one. Jesus said to us in Acts chapter one, verse eight, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. We are, our lives are supposed to be marked by the power of God. I want to ask you, where is the power of God functioning in your life? Where can you see it? 
Jesus said, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Acts chapter 2, so that's Acts chapter 1. He says, you're going to receive power. Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes, says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, kind of like this. Not a lot of them. Kind of like exactly like this room. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, where they were staying in Jerusalem... Jews from every nation under heaven were there. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they said, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? And it begins to list all the different corners of the earth. And it says, amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? And Peter gets up. And I want you to know, if you know anything about Peter, he was like the disciple that constantly flubbed. Okay? He was just really excited and really emotional. And, you know, he would make these big declarations and then he wouldn't follow through on them. And <laughs> he was just a perfect picture of a human being. Okay. And Peter, who was a fisherman. Now, again, if you know anything about this culture, these are not the top tier minds of society. These are lay people, they called them. They didn't spend hours and hours and hours under the rabbi becoming a, a pious religious. These were lay people. He's a fisherman. Okay, And he gets up now anointed and filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is what I want you to get. Okay, Peter pre the Holy Spirit wasn't that great. He was a coward. He couldn't stand up for Jesus. He couldn't be bold. He literally was questioned on whether he even knew Jesus. And he said, no, I don't know that guy. Much like us and how we live when we walk into our places and pretend we don't know Jesus. But he wasn't walking in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So he gets filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And the same guy steps up and preaches this message to this crowd of thousands of people that absolutely blows their mind. He speaks things he should not know. And it says in verse 37, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children, for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord God calls. And it says, those who accepted his message were baptized, about 3,000 plus women and children, were added to their number that day. This is in the next chapter. In Acts chapter 3, Peter's walking by this lame beggar, and the guy's like, please, I need money. Do you have money? And the same guy looks at him and goes, well, I got no money, but in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And he gets up and walks. Because when you walk in the anointing, the gospel is preached the lame will be healed. The captives will be set free. In Acts chapter 4, Peter and John literally stand before the religious courts and have to give an account for the fact that they did that miracle and they did it in Jesus' name. And it says this in verse 8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Do you notice how it always points us back so-and-so, filled with the Spirit, filled by the power of the Spirit. If that wasn't important, it wouldn't be in there so much. Okay? Peter stands up and says, rulers and elders of the people, 
If we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and being asked how he was healed, then know this. And he goes on to say, Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else. I don't think you realize how much odds were against him in saying these words. This was grounds for imprisonment, grounds for death. This is blasphemy. And it says this, listen in verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. When the anointing comes, it doesn't just come on pastors, people. It doesn't just come on preachers. It doesn't just come on worship leaders. The anointing comes on unschooled, ordinary men. And they stand up and do things that they should have no business doing by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is supposed to be the evidence that marks our lives is that we can get through things. We can overcome things. We can be in situations and it's like people are watching and going, that must be God because I don't know how they would get through it. I don't know how this is happening. And this is how the testimony of Jesus is spread. And it says the man who had been healed was standing there and there was nothing they could say. The reason why there's so much to say about Christianity right now in Canada is because there's not a whole lot of evidence. There's not a whole lot of power of God. There's not a whole lot of Christians walking downtown seeing a lame man and going, get up, walk. When the power of God starts moving in the church, in this nation, many, many, many people will bow their knee to Jesus Christ because you can't deny the power of God. You can deny opinions. You can deny words. You can deny theories and theologies. But when the evidence is standing right in front of you, what are you going to say? 2024 is called to be the year of overflow. But I want to tell you something. Many of us, many of us are going to sit and wait for the overflow to come get dropped on us. Friends, the overflow is already inside you. And he overflows when you let him out. And he can fill you again and again and again and again. The overflow is going to happen because you and I are walking in the overflow of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Yes, God can draw people into this place. But this place is going to be overflowing with salvations and healings and miracles because you and I are walking in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And people are following us to his house. People are following us into his presence. This isn't some external force that's going to come and wipe over everybody. It's living in you. It's already in you. But 2024 has got to be less of you. Less of me. More of him. When I die to myself, he lives. When I operate in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. Each believer is called to operate in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It actually says in Isaiah 10, 27, it says it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. Did you know that the anointing actually breaks bondage? It's the anointing that takes the burden of heaviness 
and exchanges it for joy. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You can study until you're blue in the face. You can be the smartest Christian on planet Earth. Okay? If you don't have the anointing in your life, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. Not knowledge. Not being smart. The Bible says that Jesus, it says in Hebrews that Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy. The anointing not only breaks heaviness and bondage, but it should actually bring joy. And this is the part where I want to land this because I want to ask you where your joy is. It says in Acts 13, the word of the Lord spread through the whole region, but the Jewish leaders, God bless them, incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city, and they stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. So they shook the dust off their feet, and it says, and the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Do you know when you're operating in the anointing even rejection can cause joy. There is nothing more joyous in your life than knowing that you're doing exactly what God's asked you to do. Heaviness, fear, burdens, and all of that comes when you are not walking in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Because the evidence of the anointing is that you're free, that you've got joy. That even in the, somebody can come and slap you upside the head and say, I hate you and I hate your God. And you can go, well, praise Jesus. That's freedom. That's freedom. You know, many times I felt like I was doing that in that gym. But the beauty is, is that Jesus always wins, and he already has won. And you'll know. You'll know. you got to give him a chance, though. When you walk into a place, when you walk into a workplace, when you walk into your school, into your neighborhood, I'm telling you right now, it is God's desire and will for this house, for Legacy Church, to be a place that is marked by the supernatural that is marked by the overflow of his presence and his spirit. But if you're sitting and waiting for the pastors who are the anointed ones to do it, let me tell you, friends, you're in the wrong place. This is a group effort. This is you and I each walking in our own environments, in our own spheres, in our own circles, in our own neighborhoods, bringing the good news of the kingdom. Laying hands on those who need healing. And it's at that point that we're going to begin to see the evidence of the overflow. I want to tell you that you're not a slave to your personality. Okay, I'm I'm treading on the um, psychological new age devils today. You are not a slave to your personality. Well, I'm shy, I'm quiet. The Bible is riddled with people that said the same and God was like, yeah, I don't really care. Thanks for the update. I'm just... I'm a timid person. I don't like to ruffle feathers. You're in the kingdom of ruffling feathers. You are in the kingdom that wherever you go, people are either going to hate you or they're going to love you. That's what following Jesus means. That, and many of us, we're, just, we're, we're holding it back because we don't want to be offensive. We're holding it back because we don't want to be that Christian. We're holding it back and God's like, will you stop trying to help me out? 
I don't need your help with my reputation. I don't need your help with what people think of Christians. I need you to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because when the power of God is moving through you, it will silence. David said, my cup runs over. You prepare a banquet for me in the presence of my enemies. That overflow of anointing literally is going to demonstrate to enemies of God who he is. And if it doesn't get you excited to ruffle some feathers in your life, go to Jesus today and go, is this what I really want to do with my life? Is serving you and following you really what I want to do with my life? Or do I just want a safe, you know, I want to go to church on Sundays for an hour, preferably not any longer than an hour and 15. And then I want to be able to go home and pretend like none of this exists. I want to live how I want. I want to follow my heart. I want to follow my feelings and my emotions. And that's the life that I want to live, and I'm okay with that. And if that's you today, I God is so merciful, and he's going to keep going around that mountain with you, but it, you can't stay neutral for very long. God actually says, if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. I'd rather you just not come to church on Sunday and pretend the rest of your life like you don't know me. I'd rather you just not come. But if you're going to be here and you're going to build the kingdom of God, then it's time to walk in the anointing of Jesus Christ. It's time to start seeing the good news preached in your schools, in your workplaces, in your neighborhoods. It's time to start seeing the captives be set free so that whatever time we have left, when we stand before him, we're not going to be the ones that buried what he gave us. We're going to be the ones that multiplied it and did something with it. This is what the Spirit has been saying to this church for weeks. We haven't had a planned series. We haven't had anything planned out. And every time we go to the Lord, God, what are you saying? What are you saying? And you know what's crazy? Is I was on Instagram last Sunday. I preached this message in Hamilton. And I got up Sunday morning. And I checked my Instagram. And we have some pastors that we know from Australia and Australia is ahead, okay? So they've already had their Sunday morning and everything. And they posted a recap from their service. And the entire message was this exact message. Same scripture references, same points. And I was like, this is what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to his church. He wants to pour out his power and, and revival and all of the, like, the greatest days for the church are still to come. But we got to wake up as believers and realize it's not happening in spite of us or outside of us. It's happening through us. And I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it. Let's stand together. We're going to pray. Taylor, you can come. Some of us are, have been living in the bare minimum of the anointing. We've been doing just enough to be able to call ourselves Christians, to sing a few songs, but we're not walking in the overflow of the anointing. We're not seeing the power of God. We're not living. We're living like we're obligated to our flesh when we're not. And today, I want to pray for us in this place. I want you, if this is, if you're someone that you're like, you know what, 2024, I want to be filled and overflowing with the anointing. I want, the, the anointing is a fancy word for the Holy Spirit empowering you. Walking in the anointing means what I do, where I go, what I say, Holy Spirit, I want you to be the one empowering me and leading me. If that's you, I want you to just put your hands up and surrender today. Jesus, less of us, 
more of you. Would you help us shed our sinful nature? Would you help us shed that feeling that we're obligated to our flesh? Would you help us to walk and live in the anointing of your Holy Spirit so that everywhere we go, the good news can be preached, captives can be released, the blind can see, the lame can walk, the oppressed can be set free. God, forgive us for living not as co-heirs with Christ. Forgive us for living like we are subject to the things of this world. Forgive us for living in fear and anxiety and depression. Some of you in this place, I know it. I can feel it. It's time for you when that attack starts coming on your mind. It's time for you to remind yourself that you are filled with the spirit of the living God. And start taking authority over those things and stop bowing to every attack of the enemy. It's time for you to start rising up and saying, no, I am a co-heir with Christ. I am more than a conqueror. This battle has already been won. And start walking in the power of God in your own life, in your own mind, when you're alone. Holy Spirit, would you fill us in this place? Fill every person in this place to overflowing. God, we take the limiters off. We take the limiters off where we say, oh, you can't do that through me. I'm just this. God, we take those limiters off today. We want to be vessels for your glory. We want to be vessels for your power, for your anointing, for everything you want to do. God, we want 2024 to be the year of overflow. Would you overflow in us first? in our homes, in our workplaces. Let us just be flowing with your spirit, God. Forgive us for silencing you in moments where you were trying to speak to us. Forgive us for choosing the easy way out because we don't want to be offensive. Jesus, you said I came not to bring peace, but a sword. And I just speak out over this entire church a boldness and a courage to rise up, to be the light in the darkness, to carry the torch of the gospel into a world that seems like they don't want it, but God the harvest is ripe and the fields are ready. Help us to be laborers, to go out and to do what you've called us to do. We thank you for the fruit that we are going to see in this house in 2024. We thank you for salvations. We thank you for healings. We thank you for supernatural miracles that are going to pour out of this place, that are going to happen in our homes, in our workplaces, in the streets, God. Let this house be a house that is overflowing with the power of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. It's interesting how last week and then this week we're talking about overflow, right? So uh, last Sunday night, I'm just reading one of my novels that I have, that I've just started. And uh, one of the first sentences talks about overflow. I'm like, this is just a novel. Like, this has nothing. No. Like, okay, that's confirmation number one. A few days later, overflow again. I'm like, oh, I really need to pay attention here. And then last night, as I was reading again, it talked about how oftentimes we tend to carry things. And, you know, whether it's, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I did this and, you know, everyone's going to be looking at me. Oh, everyone thinks that I'm stupid. Oh, everyone thinks that I'm, you know, hideous because I didn't wear the perfect outfit to, to an event. 
And this lady says, girl, you're carrying this all yourself. No one else cared about what you looked like. You chose to be there. You're the one that's carrying it. You're the one that thinks that you're stupid or this or that. When are you going to take it off and just start laughing at yourself and be filled with joy? Hello? <laughs> What's Pastor Rachel talking about? Joy. It's, we have to make that choice to take it off. Stop living for everyone else. Kayla and uh, Rachel this week posted uh, a thing on uh, Instagram that says, people pleasers, watch out. Even God, or even Jesus was, or how did they say it now? Said that even uh, people hated Jesus. People pleasers. Hi, I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> so that hit me, right? Because I like to please. I like to be in everything if I can to help. And I'm like, ouch, I got to stop that. Because who's it hurting? Is it hurting other people? Not really. It's hurting me. And it's hurting my relationship with God because I'm not doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing. So please take heed to that yourselves. Contemplate. Dig deep. See where you're pleasing that you don't need to be and start pleasing God. Oh, all right. Thanks for listening. To hear more, subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on our website at lgcy.church.